Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome. And I am on one today. I'm on one. Racists at ESPN are driving me nuts. Whiners, Mina Kimes. I have to prove myself every day. Really? We all got to prove ourselves every day. All right, we're going to get into that. John Morant and, of course, the OGs. Jalen Rose says he survived an assassination attempt. The idiots at ESPN are making me absolutely crazy. The latest on John Morant. Now, look, we told you this. We told you this was headed for disaster. We told you that everything that's been said about Morant, my sources at the Indiana Pacers tell me they absolutely thought it was a gun back a couple months ago when Morant's idiot people slow drove and pointed a laser at them. All right? Absolutely, he, well, I shouldn't say absolutely. He's accused of, ladies and gentlemen, Punching a teenager in a freaking pickup game at his house, then bringing a gun, and the latest, of course, brandishing a gun in a nightclub. I had some idiots say, what, you can't own a gun? Shut up. This is not the place for idiots today. This is an un-idiot tolerable zone. So all you little writers that are sitting there waiting, you know, you little guys at Barrett's that can't wait to write an article, you're going to have a lot today because I am on one. Here's who failed John Morant. Here's who failed John Morant big time. Two people. One, his father. His father's an idiot. I mean, you say whatever you want. They came from a middle class. Kid went to a, went to a private school. Great father, great family, great mother, brother, sister, and all of a sudden he gets in the NBA and his dad thinks he's a combination usher and Drake and a player in the game. Wearing shades inside, hugging, sit down, dad. Sit your ass down. This is about your son, not you. Whenever I see a father, and this is the same thing that the NBA media does. The NBA media wants to be so involved in the life. Mark Spears is getting an award, like a Hall of Fame award. My backside. That dude is awful. That dude, bar- but you know what? He fits the criteria. He wants to be part of the life. These idiots are ridiculous, the whole NBA crowd. I'm telling you. Ryan, not Ryan Rucco, the other guy, George Sedano, they just act like, well, man, we got to kiss their backs. It's ridiculous, but that's fine. That's those clowns, but not fathers. Fathers are not supposed to be in the light. Fathers are supposed to keep the son on a straight and narrow. I'm 50 years old, my 50th birthday. I acted like an idiot. My mother, my father, before he passed away, sat me down and said, look, I know you're going through a divorce. I know you're having a great time. You know, all of a sudden I was, you know, uh, stop it. Be an adult. They were right. hundred percent right. We went to a Starbucks on their way out of town. Absolute jackassery is what I was involved. You need your father to straighten you out. You don't need your father to wear the shades and get in hassles and become a guy. Look, and it can happen. I understand all of a sudden you get a little celebrity and Hey, look, you can't handle it. I get it. 
But his father let him down, and I don't give a rat who calls me what. The other entity that let him down is the soft blank culture of Adam Silver. We'll get into him later in terms of where he might end up. But Adam Silver in the NBA, look, you got a guy that's pointing a gun, according to Pacer Security, guys who know guns, that's absolutely a gun, pointed a laser at a group in the tunnel of an NBA game, and Morant was in the car. They did it such that Morant's idiot brother, the Jackson Mahomes of the NBA, got banned from the arena for the entire year. Now, I want you to think about that. Well, what happened with that? Nothing. Adam Silver, in his total woke blankness, uh, nothing there. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, Not if you ask the security guards from the Indiana Pacers. Not if you ask the people involved with the Pacers. Uh, It wasn't nothing there. 100% 100% was something there. But Adam Silver and his, oh, my God, I don't want to be called racist. Oh, my God, I can't show up on, on any list of we don't have the greatest diversity. What does diversity really get you? What does that get you over hiring the best people and disciplining people regardless of race? See, I am Martin Luther King Jr. I think of folks from the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And that comes from growing up in Gary, Indiana. It amazes me. What do you get in the NBA by being soft on players? Well, you got to, if you really, they should do a 30 for 30. They couldn't do it honestly because it would be perceived as racist, but they should do a 30 for 30 on the absolute idiotic, moronic, ridiculous, stupid players only meeting in the bubble. I know players that sat in the back and told me, hey, Dan, you can't believe how idiotic these guys are. You can't believe how stupid these guys are. And we all know that. But you're not allowed to say that. But hey, look, I judge by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And some of the white guys were idiots too, by the way. So there you go. Morant's flashing a gun, uh, trying to be hard. And of course, the OGs at ESPN. Uh, Jalen Rose said he survived an assassination attempt. Yeah, okay. Jalen Rose, same as John Morant. I get it. Not a hard guy, but trying to be a hard guy. Tough life for Jalen Rose, no question. But not a hard guy, but always trying so hard to be. He and Weber were the best. But now they come out, I understand. Oh, shut up. Just shut up. Then, of course, there's Big Perk. Nobody's dumber than Big Perk. And we'll get into Big Perk in a minute. So now, now, uh, John Morant has been suspended. Don't, don't say he's stepping away. That would be racist. Or excuse me. It's racist to say suspended. The players in Adam Silver world did not want to be said to be suspended. That has connotations. <laughs> really? Hey, it ever, I've been suspended from my job. Uh, I, you know, hell, I think I got suspended from a job I had in college because me and Demetrius Damascus just simply didn't want to work. I didn't want to work. I didn't like the job. I didn't like the people. I didn't want to work. So they got mad at me and they suspended me and Demetrius, which was fine. You can get suspended from a job everywhere except for the NBA. We can't say suspended. We can't say owner. We have to say governor. We can't say guys. We must say folks. (laughs) Oh, man, what a beautiful world. And don't get me started on the racist that is Kendrick Perkins. So Kendrick Perkins is saying that, well, well, he's saying that white dudes get to be MVP and they don't deserve it. What do they all have in common? Well, apparently they all have in common that they're white. Uh, Big stupid. 
That's what they have. They're white. Why is racism? Let me ask you this question. You guys, you know, you can say whatever you'd like, but why is racism in any shape and form tolerated? Why is it tolerated specifically by our corporations? Somebody explain this to me. Why is it tolerated? I'll hang up and listen. Why is it tolerated by this idiot, by this racist, by this freaking fool? But he can say whatever he wants. He can say whatever he wants. Big Perk, what do you think? He doesn't. He just knows that he has nothing to give other than the typical talking points of ESPN, which is when in doubt, spout racism. So this idiot says, and you got to read Bobby Barak's, you got to read Bobby Barak's column. It's so good. So look, so Big Perk decides that, well, you know, you know, it's uh, simply, well, you know why, uh, you know why Dirk and Nash, you know why they were MVP. They weren't in the top 10 in the league in scoring. Well, neither was Magic Johnson, you racist idiot. Neither was. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Big Perk said this. I'm trying to find here, and I love the fact that Bobby Barak called him exactly what he is, a coward. Exactly what he is, a fool. Exactly what he is, uh, a guy that should thank his lucky stars that he has a job. I mean, look, guys like Ron Jaworski, me, guys at X and O, Tim Legler, you don't see us. You don't see us. But you see clowns like Big Perk. You see guys like Big Perk saying that, well, you know, since the 1990, guys like, well, Steve Nash and Jokic weren't in the top 10 in scoring, yet, well, you know, they were MVP. Well, so was Magic Johnson. It's incredible how stupid this guy is. He's uninformed. He doesn't tell the truth. He's over his skis. He's unqualified to talk about any subject other than to do what Big Perk does. Because we all know that skin color now at ESPN determines your success because Dave Roberts likes you. And look him up. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. Wow. All you got to do is make up make-believe stuff about race, and you too can survive at ESPN. And that brings me to Mina Kimes. So Mina Kimes went from being a, a uh, what is it, a, a reporter to an analyst, and now she's whining that she has to prove herself every day. Well, who doesn't, Mina? Really? I mean, who doesn't? People think you got the job because you're a woman. She says, well, why did you get the job? Because of your football background? I don't know, but you're good. I think. Actually, I've never watched her. I, I, can't, I, it, I, I don't watch anything other than games on ESPN anymore because it's so ridiculous. But now she's whining. She has to prove herself. Who doesn't? I got to come here every single day and prove myself. Every day. This show. Every day for 14 years on my other show, every day for 10 years as an ESPN bro. Who does it? Every day as a basketball player at Indiana. Every day as a coach, I had to prove myself. One bad day, players take advantage of you. But I didn't whine. Nobody whines except, of course, those that get a job for reasons other than you tell me. Dan, you seem uh, angrier than usual today. I would suggest mediation. Rick, uh, 
you could suggest anything, sweetie, and I ain't paying attention to your sorry ass. You're the one that's all in on children being groomed. You're the one that's all in on uh, the, uh, the crowd going and lap dancing kids. You are. You're all in, as you've said on our deal here, Rick, you're all in on, uh, what do they call it, those, those drag shows for little kids. I'm not. Mina Kine's my ass. I got to prove myself. Really? We all do. Who doesn't? I mean, this is why I love being an outkick. I can say things like this. You can say what's real. You can say what's true. Look at Mina. Football expert that has to prove herself every day. Wow, what a burden. What a burden. It's unbelievable. I can't even believe the burden that Mina Kynes might face every single day having to prove herself. She's not even on every day. God, the whining of people that have these great jobs. It's incredible to me. It is. It's incredible. Honest to God, why does she have a job? And now she's whining. that she, Why does Perk have a job? I'll tell you exactly why. He was funny on Twitter. He was a good follow on Twitter, and now he has fallen in to the race-baiting, ridiculous world that is now ESPN, period. I work there. I'm a victim of it. I remember asking our boss, Mike Schiffman, Mike, let's just be honest, man. I'm a white dude. Scott Johnson's a white dude. You took us off a broadcast of the ACC tournament for an African-American, for me, an African-American for Scott. Scott's the best director at ESPN. He replaced him with a African-American director that hadn't done one ACC game all year. Now, uh, middle-aged white guy. What's that? No, no, Dan, no. Uh, really? Okay. I mean, you know, the, the higher-ups at ESPN think we're all stupid. That's why I came to OutKick. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. Why am I dealing with this? And I knew that the Big Ten was going away from uh, ESPN, so I got out before, you know, but it's unbelievable. Mia Kynes has a dream job, and she's sitting here, why, I have to be, I have to prove myself every day. No, sh- no, really? Who doesn't? My Uncle Jerry worked in a steel mill 40-some years. Guess what he had to do? He had to prove himself every day. Honest to God, my insurance guy, improve himself. I call him, he calls back. Why? Because he wants to prove himself every day. But only these little entitled clowns whine about it. Only them. I don't hear my insurance guy. I don't hear the guy coming out uh, to do the plumbing. L.D. Smith, great plumbing company. When they come out here, they're like, hey, Dan, we're going to do it right for you because that's what we do. But they don't whine about it. Mina Kynes does. Makes more money than she's worth and is going to sit here and whine. So you got a flaming freaking racist in Big Perk. For now on, we call him Big Stupid. Or let's call him big racist. Let's call him what he is. Big, we await big racist latest stupidity. We await it. If you can tell, I'm on one today. I am. I, I, I watched all this crap. You know what I did? I, nobody is more prepared to talk college basketball than me. Seriously. I watched. I, all I did this weekend, Lee was gone. I'd walk the dog, get myself. I've watched 72 straight hours. I won a ton of money betting. I've got this new system. I'm up $1,800 this week. Uh, and I'm up about five grand since I changed my philosophy, and I can't tell you what it is because I do it in the middle of the game. And if the freaking kid from Lafayette 
didn't hit a shot, I don't want a bunch of more money. That's a different story. Uh, all right. What a fun morning, huh? Yeah, I'm just tired of it. I ain't, Look, I, I'm tired of the racist. I'm tired of guys coming on ESPN and being racist. I'm tired of it. So I'm going to call them out. Uh, and we await all of their idiotic responses. Jalen Rose said, I survived an assassination attempt. Jalen Rose and Chris Webber tried so hard to be something they weren't. I always respected Juwan Howard, Ray uh, Jackson, and Jimmy King. They were just who they are. Webber tried so hard. Rose tried so hard. And now this thing with John Morant comes, and of course Rose puts out a, well, that was me when I was young. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You tried. Well, maybe it was you, actually, because both of you were trying so hard to be something that you weren't. And Rose still tries, and he can't get the facts right on who died, how they died, and what they were carrying as a weapon. Uh, thank God for Chad Withrow, because I'm just screaming all morning, big dog. I'm on one today. I'm tired of Mina Kimes. I'm tired of uh, whatever Perkins' first name is. I Mina Kimes sitting here whining about, well, I have to prove myself every day. Hey, Chad, you got to prove yourself every day. I got to prove myself every day. We all got to prove ourselves every day. Tired of it, Chad. How are you? I'm doing great, Dan. It's, it is amazing that none of us are immune to looking like an idiot if we say the wrong thing, right? <laughs> we're, we're, all, we're all in a business where we talk a lot every day, and when we screw something up, you know, you just got to come back and say, hey, I, I got that wrong. I, I didn't see this game, or I didn't see that happen, and just fall on the sword and say that, that you got it wrong. So I don't think anyone out there in sports media or media in general is immune to looking like an idiot if you don't have all the facts straight or you get, get something wrong when you're talking on air this much for a living. All right, I got to ask you. I got to get in because Colts are looking for a quarterback. I have given the list of guys, Trubisky and Locker and Mayfield and Ponder and E.J. Manuel, the list of quarterbacks that are, quote, rising in the draft based on combine workouts – the latest, of course, is Anthony Richardson. Give me your take on Anthony Richardson as a quarterback. He is a physical freak of an athlete, and he is an average quarterback. I tweeted that when I saw I knew the combine numbers were going to be unreal, out of this world, all of those things, and they were. I mean, the guy, we, we had Dan Mullen on the show on Friday who recruited him to Florida and coached him. He also coached a guy by the name of Cam Newton, and he said on our show – Anthony Richardson has more raw potential and talent than Cam Newton did in his time coaching him. Um, but he also didn't go as far as to say as he's good as Cam Newton or he's going to be as good of a pro as, as Cam Newton because the biggest problem with Anthony Richardson is he can look great in one game. He looked great against Tennessee, threw for over 400 yards, ran the ball well. He had an 87-yard touchdown run against LSU. And then he could play against Kentucky and look like he's never played the game before. And you can go down the list of other games where he looked terrible, and you're just sitting there, you're left asking the question, how does this guy who looks like this and throws like this and runs like this, how is he having this bad of a game? So uh, the inconsistency part of it, this is not just, oh, he had a couple of bad games in a big moment. This is almost every other game if you go through his time playing at Florida. And it's not a lot of time that he spent starting full-time at Florida, but the inconsistency is the biggest problem with his game. Physically, he's got everything that you would ever want in a quarterback and in a football player at any position, but that inconsistency is going to be the problem. 
I keep going down the list of quarterbacks who were inconsistent or had some accuracy issues at times in college that actually made it in the NFL. And the one guy that I can come up with in the last 15 years to point to and say, this is the example of what Richardson could be on the good end is Josh Allen because he had accuracy issues at Wyoming, but physically he could do everything. So if you want to take a swing at Anthony Richardson at number one overall or in the top five, and you're going to say, hey, I'm the smart guy, I'm the smart coach, I'm the smart GM that can turn this guy into Josh Allen, have at it. I don't see it. I think Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud are quite a bit better than Anthony Richardson. I'd put Hinton Hooker at third on the list. I I think Anthony Richardson and Will Levis hover right around the same spot in the draft at four or five based on the inconsistency that I saw from both those guys in college. Talked to a lot of people about C.J. Stroud. One uh, national champion at Ohio State told me, hey, look, um, he was great against in, in the playoff game against Georgia, uh, but he's not that way all the time, particularly in practice. I saw him speak. I didn't like what I heard. I'm not sure why I didn't like what I heard. It's kind of my eyes theory when I see guys' eyes. But I, I, I guess I'd be okay if the Colts got C.J. Stroud. What say you? I really like C.J. Stroud, and I'm probably putting a little bit too much on that Georgia performance, honestly. You know, I saw him in that game against Northwestern. That was just the awful weather game that I joke about that, you know, Northwestern playing Ohio State's the one team that they start jumping up and down and getting excited when the wind and the rain starts blowing in their game against them. Uh, You know, he was off and on in that game, but played pretty well, all things considering. But watching what he did against Georgia, I really like that performance. The biggest thing with C.J. Stroud that I like his anticipation. I think he does a great job of seeing the throw that needs to be made and anticipating what's happening on the field, which obviously is a big characteristic you want in a quarterback. I'll also say, Dan, that you say you know you don't like his body language or like what he was saying. The quarterback position is the only one where I'm really studying that with every guy at all times. If my cornerback or my defensive end or my linebacker or my safety doesn't always have the best body language or doesn't always say the right things, I don't really care, but that's the one position that it's such a focal point of everything you do with your organization and with your team. I'm studying every mannerism, every statement, everything they say, how they address the the camera, how they address their coaches, how they address their teammates. That's something that I'm watching. I haven't seen anything yet that I don't like with CJ Stroud, but I think it's completely fair of you or anyone else to nitpick every single thing about these quarterback prospects, and that includes how they talk to people, how they communicate, how they handle themselves, their body language when they're talking to reporters. All of those things are fair when you're talking about quarterback. Yeah, I don't really get into the body language and all that. What I get into is would I follow this guy? That's what I get in. And the Dan Dockich, would he follow this guy? meter is about uh, 95% right. I remember meeting Christian Ponder going, man, I really like Christian Ponder. I told Sam Ponder I liked him more than I liked her when Sam and I worked together, but I wouldn't follow him, not even a little bit. I remember seeing Trubisky first time like, yeah, I'm not I'm not following that guy. Sam Darnold in his big head, I'm not. The Dan Dockets, would I follow the guy, encompasses everything. And I got to tell you, what I saw the other day, and it was, it was what he was saying and, and how he said it. I'm like, yeah, I ain't following that guy. And you know what? Could be wrong. 
Um, well, uh, let me, let me give you an example of that, Dan. The, what you're yeah. talking about, the Dan Dockage, would I follow someone uh, theory. So I'm, I'm calling uh, high school basketball state championship games in Tennessee on, on Saturday. And I'm calling a team by the name of Brentwood Academy who ends up winning a state title. They got a kid on the, on the team named George McIntyre, grandson of the old Vanderbilt coach McIntyre. And he is a six foot six sophomore who is the number one or number two rated quarterback in America in his class. And he plays high school basketball. And he's a really good basketball player. And I'm watching this game. And when I talk about body language or what I follow someone, late in the game, the other team is fouling. They're down. They got to try to catch up. And George McIntyre, who's a sophomore, wants the ball in his hands every time to shoot free throws. Now, he missed two free throws when he got fouled at one point, And he's not the best free throw percentage guy on the team. But I'm looking him in, the, in his face and his body language. When he walks the free throw line, I'm thinking – his body language shows that even if he's not the best free throw shooter, he is calm. He wants the ball. He wants that moment. He feels like he's going to go up there and help his team. And that's what I mean by body language. I'm looking at that thing and if he's this way in basketball, which is probably his second or third sport, I can only imagine how calm he is in big moments in football as a quarterback. So I, I totally agree with would I follow him when you're watching a player but I think body language does have something to do with that. Would you follow someone, especially body language in the biggest moments, like what I saw on Saturday? Yeah, I thought, well, I got to tell you, I mean, I thought he was terrific. I'm with you. I thought he was terrific. Um, I did. I thought he was absolutely terrific in the um, uh, Georgia game. Not so much, you know, Michigan, whatever. And then he comes out and says, well, if we'd have won those two, well, you know what? They got beat by 100. And if the dog didn't stop to take a dump, he'd have caught the rabbit. Uh, I got to tell you, I've always been a fan after going to one game and sitting close enough to watch him of Bryce Young. I do worry about his size. I, I do think that we've seen now, I, I think there's enough evidence maybe now, and I'm curious your take on this because you, you, you're really good with studying this kind of thing. Or I, I think there's enough evidence now to say, you know what, a running quarterback's going to get hurt. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Lamar Jackson, to me, is the great example Lamar Jackson's wanting, you know, money to be the best, you know, the highest paid quarterback in the league. And I think when he's playing for Baltimore and what they built for him, he may be deserving of that. But the fact you can't finish two seasons in a row, you're not going to get that money. And that's going to be the issue for Bryce Young. Bryce Young is not a running quarterback. He is an elusive quarterback. So what I mean by right. that is it's still pretty rare when he takes off and runs. He had that big run at the end of the Texas game this year. That set them up for that game-winning field goal is a good example. But he's really good at being elusive. My issue with Bryce Young, it's not his height. It is how slight he is. The guy looks like a point guard in basketball. He is very thin. And when you're saying things and you're getting ready for the draft, like I expect to weigh in at 200 pounds, to me that's, that's someone who's been told by an agent, you need to be over 200 pounds to dispel some things about you that's out there that you played at about 180 pounds or 185 pounds, and that's going to be way too light for the NFL. And I don't care when someone says, I expect to weigh in at this. I'm thinking, what do you weigh? What do you play at? It, this is like a UFC fighter getting ready for a fight. If you're gaining 10 pounds to the combine or you're losing 15 pounds to the combine, I don't really care because that's not reality. That's not where you're going to play and where you're going to be the most effective. So I think all the knocks on Bryce Young and his weight – and how slight of a build he is, that's all legitimate. I don't care as much about the height. I think we've seen enough now with Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and 
even Kyler Murray when he's playing well, that you can be shorter and be an effective quarterback in the NFL. What would concern me is that you look at Russell Wilson next to Bryce Young, those are two different body types in terms of withstanding injury. That would give me cause for concern. Yeah, you know, and, and people people always want to compare people, but, man, um, I got close enough to Bryce Young to realize, man, that dude is slight. Like, you know, I have a friend, Marty Simmons, he, he could be skinny and he was still going to be 240, 250 pounds because he was big boned. You know, I looked at Bryce Young, I'm like, man, you can put on everything you want, but you're still going to be slight. And everybody, I've never stood by him. But everybody that I know that has, has said Patrick Mahomes a lot bigger than you think. Tom Brady was a monster. Like, Peyton Manning is big. You know, uh, Mahomes, who I think is kind of a – he's not a running quarterback either. He's a move-around quarterback. Um, he's a big guy. Everybody, I've never stood next to him. That's what everybody tells me. You know what I mean? And that ain't Bryce Young. Yeah, he's thick. Uh, I, I can't even see that Patrick Mahomes just watching him on TV. I've never been right – actually, I have yeah. been right next to him on right. Super Bowl Radio Row. But he's got a trunk on him, right? <laughs> Guys talk yeah. about your base. Yes. He's got big thighs. He's got a bigger butt. He's he's a thicker type athlete. Russell Wilson is the same way, who I brought up as a shorter example. Uh, Bryce Young, again, I compare him to a point guard in, in basketball. The way he plays the game, he improvises like a – Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think he froze. Oh, no. I think he froze. He never freezes. He's always up for the big moment. Well, I agree. Look, let's be honest. Bryce Young, to me, is slight. The great Marty Simmons, a lot of you, a lot of you know him on the YouTube chat. He's now the head coach at Eastern Illinois. We used to tell Marty, you'd be the heavyweight champion of the world. Great hands, thick body. But the fact of the matter is, uh, there's just different body types. Like, I, I, my wife... Uh, loses her mind whenever Tom Brady came and played the Colts and we had seats. We Our season tickets were great. Six rows behind the visitors. Man, she would run down there when he was warming up and I'd take a picture of her like in front of Tom Brady. It's the only time I've ever seen her starstruck, right? Well, Brady is big. Mahomes is big. Josh Allen is huge. Kyler Murray is thick. Bryce Young is almost like the skeletal. Patrick Mahomes. Does that make sense? Like the skeletal, the inside of Patrick Mahomes. And look, the move around, running, whatever you want to call it, uh, quarterback, man, oh man, that ain't great. So we'll see what happens. We will. We'll see what happens. But I'm curious. I would have no hesitation taking Bryce Young. If I were the Colts, that's, I would think, all right, I'm going to get if I want Richardson, because I know that uh, Colts are dumb enough to do that, or Levis, because I know the Colts enough to do that, but if Young or Stroud are there, I would have to, one of the two. Not Both aren't going to be there. But if one of the two is there, then I've got to say to myself, all right, how good's my offensive line? It stinks. If I take Young, is he going to get hurt? If I take Richardson, do I believe he'll become an accurate passer? If I take Levis, do I believe he's a real guy? It's an interesting deal with the fourth pick. I think the fourth pick might be the most interesting pick that there is. And, of course, what happens if the Bears don't trade and they take Jalen Carter? Does Jalen Carter get picked? Will Anderson wasn't as fast or wasn't as explosive, and I would argue that Will Anderson didn't have a very good year. 
It's, a, it's kind of a fascinating deal here in Indianapolis. Do you bet on the come, as I call it? Do you bet on potential with Anthony Richardson? Here's the deal. I want you to think about this, too. This general manager here in Indianapolis hasn't won squat. I mean, let's be honest. Hasn't won squat. So let's think about this. So, and he is, I mean, a survivor like nobody's business. Everybody in the building's gone. Reich's gone. Saturday's gone. Marcus Brady's gone. Defense's gone. Everybody's gone but Chris Ballard, America's GM, America's booty kissing GM, America's foremost I prefer PR over, ladies and gentlemen, I prefer PR over wins. As long as the P, I'm afraid to make a big choice. I'm afraid to make a big choice because Twitter's going to get me. That's our general manager. So if you take Anthony Richardson and you're Indian, you're not winning this year. You're not going from four and 12 and a complete train wreck to all of a sudden 12 and four or whatever. And that man may lose his job. And I'll tell you this, that man ain't about losing his job. That factors into this as well. So if I'm Indy and I'm an Indy fan, which I am, I'm thinking, all right, all right, what do we got here? Who are we taking? I'm telling you. All right, we'll be right back. It's a great day. I got Frank Isola, America's second most handsome media member, but nobody knows more about the NBA than my boy Frank. Frank's going to join us. I got a ton to get to today. College hoops when we come back. Indiana fans, you're going to want to hear what I have to say. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, nobody in the history of the world watched more college basketball than me over the weekend. I'm getting ready to start again today because, well, for some reason, I've just really enjoyed the living crap out of it. I got to tell you, I, I really have. So, all right, here's the deal, man. College hoops this weekend. Uh, Alabama Slamma got beat 67-61. But here's the news, and I'll get into this a little bit, but I'm going to get into it right now. <sighs> Alabama. You know the deal with the player, right? You know the deal with Brandon Miller. You know the deal with him and a gun. This is interesting. Brandon Miller is the best basketball player in the country. The player of the year is going to be Zach Eady, but the best basketball player all around is Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is leading his team to a number one seed, is leading his team to an SEC championship, yet in the SEC they have not put him on for all of their awards. The Wooden Award has not put him on their awards list. This is interesting to me. Why is this interesting to me? Well, this is interesting to me because the Wooden Award is the National Player of the Year. And if you asked me, give me your three top candidates for National Player of the Year. 
Zach Eady, Jaime Hawkins, Brandon Miller. Indiana fans, don't try with Trace Jackson Davis. They came in third in the Big Ten. They got the oldest team in the Big Ten. They came in third. I mean, what are we doing? Seriously. I mean, we're, we're celebrating falling in behind Northwestern in the Big Ten. We're celebrating falling in behind Purdue in the Big Ten, who's starting two freshman guards. Now, just stop. Hey, great year, fantastic. He'll be the runner-up for the player of the year in the Big Ten. But if you were going to ask me, particularly after watching Jaime Jaquez, uh, late either Friday or Saturday, hell, it all runs together, um, he's terrific. Now, I am biased. I've told you this before. The Jaquez family stayed at my house. He is absolutely terrific, Jaime Jaquez. It would be to me, in this order, if I were voting, it would be Zach Eady, player of the year, Brandon Miller, second, Jaime Hawkins third, or you could flip those. But the Wooden Award, you know what? They did not have Brandon Miller on their top 15. He is off of the list. Huh. Wait a second. He's off the list when he is still able to play, and the SEC commissioner and his coach have cleared him of any wrongdoing. Don't tell me the SEC commissioner didn't. Silence we learned, is complicit, we've learned. Isn't that what all you guys told me when you're burning down my city? Isn't that what all the media told me? We got to stand up as we burn down our city in a, quote, peaceful protest. Silence is complicit. Well, where has Greg Sankey been? He's been silent. Thus, he's complicit with Brandon, Brandon Miller. It's just literally that simple. That simple. I find that very, very, very interesting. Uh, Auburn beat Tennessee. Iowa State beat Baylor. Crushed Baylor. That was interesting because Iowa State didn't look very good. West Virginia, blah, blah, blah. Texas beat Kansas. I mean, beat the living you-know-what. Just give Rodney Terry the job there. UCLA over Arizona got off to a bad start and won. Indiana bounced back from an early deficit. No, no, no. They were up big. Got down. Got it to overtime. Really nice win for Indiana. Really nice. You want to win on senior night, but I continue to say Miller Cop has the most punchable face in basketball, and Indiana continues to embarrass itself, uh, at least in my opinion, in how the program should be conducted. Remember, today we've got a big deal. We've got an NIL meet and greet yesterday or today or whatever it was. Get out of here, Fly. Anyway, yeah, it's embarrassing. It's ridiculous. All right, let's see a little Zach Eady here. I want to show you guys a little bit of Zach Eady. We got a little video here. Let's do it. Cutting down the nets without using a ladder. I, I got to tell you, I have been, I have cut down nets. I have been involved in cutting down nets. I, I, I have watched cutting down nets for years and years and years. And I got to tell you, I have never seen a athlete cut down a net without a ladder. That makes him player of the year no matter what. That makes him absolutely player of the freaking year. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it. It makes him the national player of the year just because he does that. Serious business. How cool is that? Man, I mean to tell you, good for Zach Eady. All right. Another train derailment, this time in Springfield, Ohio. I don't know what's going on. Again, Norfolk Southern Railroads. A train derailment. Another one. 
Like, I got to tell you, and toxic waste is being spilled. By the way, those of you living in the great state of Indiana, did you know they're bringing that toxic crap to our state? Did you know that's what they're bringing? They're, they're shipping the toxic garbage uh, from the East Palestine to our state. The hell we got to do with it. The hell we got to have that crap for. Keep it in Ohio, or, or I tell you even better, send it to Joe Biden's neighborhood in, in, uh, in Delaware. Send it to Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, you can send it to South Bend. Hell yeah. It's amazing. Let's see the video of this. Look at this. It's unbelievable what's going on. See it down there. Look at that. I don't believe. Look at this. Look at this. How about that? It's going to take him forever to clean that up. He said there's hazmat stuff. He's probably not supposed to be here. Get some more pictures. I'm getting video. Something happened to my video. Oh my gosh. You do? Yeah, we're gonna get in trouble for this. I know. You want to switch drive? You want to drive? No. Hey, listen, unbelievable. I mean, imagine. Now, I wish these idiots, instead of filming everything, would run and see if they could help somebody. I mean, I never understood this. But of course, I, as you know, am a great American hero, not once, but twice. I have rushed to the scene of an accident, pulled people once out of a car and once out of a ravine. But I am literally, ladies and gentlemen, one of America's great superheroes. Uh, other people sit, they watch, they fight, they do whatever. No, no, no. Not me. No, not me. I rush to the scene, and you should too. Uh, NBA commissioner Adam Silver is apparently on the short list to replace, man, this is unbelievable, Bob Iger as CEO of Disney when he retires in a few years. I got to tell you, it's unfrickin' believable. You think Disney's woke now? You think Disney panders now? You think everything that you see on Disney... Hell, we got, uh, whatever, I'm not even going to get into it because I'm giving, I'm giving uh, too much to the crowd to call me an ist. You know what I mean? But I got to tell you, if that guy becomes commissioner or that guy becomes head of Disney, uh, we gonna, you, 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 you think it's woke now? You think it's insane now? The wokest of the woke, the pandering of the pandering, the chicken blank of chicken blank. The most, the worst commissioner in the history of sports. I, mean, I want you to think about where the NBA is now. Players won't play. Players are making more money than they've ever made but won't play. Players come to games dressed like they just got out of a circus. Back in the day, Isaiah and Michael and everybody used to dress because they respected. Players have no respect for anything. Zero. Nada, all under this guy's watch. They're talking about, well, we got to limit games. You're making 40 or $50 million a year to play 82 games. That's it. Fly private jets. Everything is catered for you. Oh, I'm going to go to the facility and eat because I don't want to spend my money. Great. And how do you repay this league? By being idiots. You don't want to play. Idiotic. Idiotic. You're going to brandish a gun as a superstar. Idiotic. I'm just telling you. 
this guy and his global way, this guy and him caring more about overseas than here has ruined the NBA. The numbers, Clay did an unbelievable thing apparently 20 years ago or so. The NBA All-Star Game was in Salt Lake City. It was again this year. They lost 83% of their audience. And it's all because of this guy. Go woke, get broke is not just a cute saying. Hell, I don't even know if it's a cute saying. It's a saying. But I think it's a fact. And this guy's the worst. I have a very good friend who is very good friends with him. He tells me I'm wrong all the time. And I'll say, great, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But I ain't wrong. Uh, something else that just came across my board. The arguably worst human being, uh, nonviolent crime, not anything that matters. Uh, I call him Fat Gundy. Fat Gundy, who cheated at Wisconsin. I couldn't believe it. I told his assistant, Dave Bullwinkle, this is a Big Ten, man. We don't cheat. What are you doing? Are you giving T-shirts out to AAU teams in the trunk of your car, doing stupid stuff? What are you doing? So Fat Gundy uh, has replaced Reggie Miller. In, uh, for March Madness. It is amazing. So now you got Fat Gundy, you got that one complete clown, uh, Gary Parrish, Brendan Hayward, who every person that worked with him, including his high school coach, I went to recruit his teammate, Vincent Wynn, thinks he's an idiot. We all thought he was at ESPN. Candace Parker, who just doesn't know now. I think Rex Chapman will be in there somewhere. And I watched Seth Davis try to talk basketball the other day. It was hilarious. He literally had no idea what he was talking about, but man, was he trying hard, and thank God his daddy's some kind of famous guy. But the cast of characters, other than Charles Barkley, and of course, well, Clark Kellogg got his, got his commentating career ruined because he got exposed. This is a true story. Clark Kellogg got exposed. This is according to CBS, three of the producers. He got exposed for absolutely not knowing the game and saying nothing, when he was partnered with Steve Kerr, all he would say was, that's right, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And watch him on TV now. Mm-hmm. And he's the boringest public speaker I've ever heard. But I'm on one today. So leave me alone. I am. I'm on one. Nobody is safe from me today. Nobody. But Clark Kellogg gave a speech at the Illinois State pregame dinner. The three R's. I'm like, Jesus. Look, here's the deal. You want somebody to break up the room? I'm your guy. Public speaking is coming back. I might be the best in the country. I think I've done a 1,000 of them, and I might be the best, but I don't come cheap. Anyway, Fat Gundy is now back. We got to listen to Fat Gundy. His brother Jeff is like a guru, right? I worked with his brother Jeff one time. He's not immune either. I like Jeff. He's fine. I'm sitting next to him. I'm doing the New York Knicks against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder game. They did one of these ESPN switches. And I'm trying to engage Jeff Gundy. So I'm asking him questions. I get a text from the producer. Hey, Jeff doesn't like when you're asking questions. I'm like, I'm sitting right here. (laughs) Fat Gundy, Jeff Gundy, to both of you. And by the way, Jeff Gundy is the mentor to Chris Ballard, the coach of the, (laughs) or the GM of the uh, Colts. Well, God bless you. I did watch this yesterday. Kurt Kidiana, he held off. Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, who is a soft little Jordan Spieth, my backside. I watched this Kitayama get an eight. So I started betting it, and I had I had uh, Harrison, whatever his name is. I forget his name, but I had him to win. 
at like plus 6,000. He was in the lead. He had a chance. And then Kitayama made an unbelievable birdie on 17. The golf was fun yesterday. It was. The golf was great. It was riveting. In fact, I kept watching it over watching, I think, Indiana. John Bones Jones returns to the octagon and defeats Cyril Ganey via first-round submission for UFC heavyweight, for the UFC heavyweight championship. John Bones Jones has had a lot of problems. His brother Art uh, played football for the Colts and told my wife that when he was at Syracuse, all the football players had a crush on her. She was, quote, their coach crush. John Jones, John Bones Jones is arguably the greatest UFC fighter ever in terms of talent. But like John Moran and others, uh, couldn't keep his nose clean. You know the first guy that couldn't keep his nose clean that had real talent that I remember is a guy named Steve Howe. You remember Steve Howe? Steve Howe could never keep his nose clean. Steve Howe always had to get uh, – he was a relief pitcher for the Dodgers. Steve Howe was always getting suspended, and you're sitting there going, dude, they've given you like eight chances. Well, I feel the same way about John Bones Jones, but I also got to tell you, man, if you're involved in that, you're crazy. I mean, let, let's just say it for what it is. If you are in UFC at that level or even at the local level, you, my friend, are crazy. That doesn't give you the right to act like a clown. Don't get me wrong. That does not give you the right to beat up women, beat up people, do drugs. It just doesn't give you the right to do that. But you are crazy. You are. So I hope John Bones Jones can make a comeback. Hey, by the way, Dylan, I have a great, great, great UFC commentator wanting, ready, willing, and able to come on the show. I want to get her number to you because she, ladies and gentlemen, is fantastic. I got to tell you, I can't look at Dan Orlovsky. I know he's great. I know he's your guy. Uh, I, it doesn't matter. I cannot look at Dan Orlovsky. Dan Mudcat says the golf was great. 12 guys or so were tied uh, at minus seven. It was really good. No, it was really, really good. I hope John Bones Jones can keep his nose clean. Because if John Bones Jones keeps his nose clean, and if you haven't noticed, I really like saying John Bones Jones. I do. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I think it's great. And by the way, the YouTube chat, holy cow, are you guys rocking and rolling right now? You guys aren't messing around. Every single freaking deal is covered on the YouTube chat. Dave Carroll says this. This goes out to you people that don't know. I'm going to go back to that train derailment. I don't know why it would be Pete Buttigieg's fault. I honestly don't. I don't think I ever blamed anything on a transportation secretary before. But Pete Buttigieg is such an unlikable weasel. Pete Buttigieg actually called highways racist. Everything is racist to Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg was a god-awful mayor. He offended the living hell out of minorities. He, he was nicknamed Pothole Pete. He was always looking at the next job. So those of us that know this and aren't enamored, well, he's gay, and his partner and him are so cute, and they breastfeed, and they take time off. Those of us that go, hey, look, man, do your job. Know that this guy is horse bleep. Dave Carroll says, Pothole Pete, trashing Indiana again. They are sending their mess to Putnam County, where I live. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. He was rotten as a mayor. 
Nice guy. My niece was his husband, press secretary. And all the Hollywood clowns uh, wanted to hang with him. So she got to go to, I guess, some pretty cool parties. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the Hollywood people. What's that blonde lady, Gwenna Paltrow? Said she went to a party at Gwenna Paltrow's house. It was the phoniest thing she's ever seen. And Gwenna Paltrow's with a pain in the backside. Who's surprised? But anyway, if you're going to watch this show, you're going to get far, far more than just sports. You'll get a Gwenna Paltrow. She'll catch some strays on this show. That's right. We'll throw in some haymakers today. Last thing before we get to my friend, Frank Isola. Congratulations to Purdue. You got the number one seat. Boy, did Illinois make a comeback yesterday. But you got the number one seat. I'm not congratulating you, Indiana. Indiana has the Big Ten tournament sewn up right now. It is laid out right there for them. That's pretty. See how good Ryan is? I don't know why this show isn't the number one show all across the world. I honestly don't. Amazing graphics. Do you like our new graphics? I love them. I do. I love them. Last thing, local minute or two. Uh, Indiana, I'm not sitting here and celebrating you. You finished below Northwestern. Purdue played freshman guards. You got the oldest team in the country, damn near. You got an All-American, and you didn't win squat. Purdue, they don't do what Indiana does. Next time next year, all the little Indiana fans, there'll be a picture of one of their players going like this and a crowd of about 9, 10, 12,000 cheering him. They look like Jesus. And then they'll fail. They did it with Zeller. They got whooped. They did it with whoever else. They got, and they do it with Jackson Davis, and they come in third. How about we follow teams that actually win? Purdue wins, and they don't do all this self-gratification. They don't do all this self-glorification. They just go about their business, and they win. Colts, you know this. I'm waiting for a local idiot uh, to figure this out. Colts will not draft Anthony Richardson if it's Chris Ballard's call because Chris Ballard is a survivor, and Chris Ballard is not going to survive another horse bleep year, which is what it would be if they drafted Anthony Richardson. True story. They, it won't. I'm tired of hearing about how great the Pacers are. I am paid attention to the Pacers. Guy, I was overplaying, uh, I, I was working out, and then I sat down. These guys were playing the simulator golf. Guy says, Dan, what do you think of the Pacers? I go, I don't know, they're really good, right? I hadn't paid attention since December. No, nah, they've lost all the I'm like, so I don't want to hear from you Indiana fans how great the Pacers are. I don't. They're like 29 and 27. But I will say this, they covered 23 and a half wins before the All-Star break. That's right. Hey, I, I cannot wait to talk to Frank Isola. I cannot wait. We'll see if Frank can unload on a per- Big Perk. We'll see if Frank can unload on Morant. Last thing, John Morant, no doubt, let down by his father. Hey, you dads out there, be part of the solution, not the problem. And if you're sitting around acting like an idiot courtside, getting in hassles, making it about you, then you, ladies and gentlemen, are part of the problem. Be part of the solution. John Morant's dad needs to learn that. Ah, he's a young dad. Let's make excuses for him, right? Uh, and then, of course, big perk. We call him big racist, hitting on white people for winning the MVP of the NBA. Now the NBA is racist. 
If the NBA is racist, I don't know what to tell you. We'll be right back. The great Frank Isola now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope we put his picture on the screen because there is no more handsome man. Well, I mean, the combination of me and my beautiful bald head and Frank Isola and his glorious Italian hair. Uh, it's just glorious. And that combination makes, you know, men want to hang with us and women, well, they want to get with us. And both of our wives want to leave us. So they, <laughs> hey, Frank, uh, Big Perk says, you know what? Uh, MVP, Jokic, Nash, and all, they haven't been in the top 10 in scoring. They don't need to be MVPs. They're MVPs because they're white guys. I disagree with Perk, yeah. but you've ran the numbers. Yeah. Well, first of all, my, I'm wearing an expensive uh, fake piece of lettuce on my head. That's why it looks so good. I spent a lot of money on that. <laughs> As for Kendrick nice. Perkins, I, you know, if you look last year, he was sixth in scoring, fifth in total points. And then the year before – he was third in total points. And I've always been of the belief that the league should get rid of scoring average, rebounding average, assist average, just do a total. Like you do, you know, total touchdown passes by Tom Brady or, you know, hockey goals or um, home runs. I don't know how many home runs Aaron Judge averaged. I know that he led all of baseball. He hit the most in American League history. Just do totals. Because I also think from this standpoint, you can get guys maybe on the second night of a back-to-back, uh, you know, tell a player, let's look at some of the – guys that have been around for a long time, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, maybe second half of a back-to-back, they go into the game knowing the coach is probably going to use them just in the second half, and maybe they'll play 15 minutes, and everybody's happy. The people that paid for tickets are happy, then the player's in the game, and it's not going to mess up his scoring average. It's going to help his totals, which is which is more important. But uh, Kendrick Perkins is wrong about that. I don't take – you know, Dirk Nowitzki deserved to win the MVP the year that he won it. Jokic, I think, deserved to win it the two years he's won it. I've, I'm pretty sure I voted for Steve Nash. I always get a vote. I'm pretty sure I voted for Steve Nash the first year. I think the next year, I'm pretty sure I voted for Shaq. I think I voted for Shaq over, um, for, over Steve Nash. So the, the, the bottom line is they were, they were always close. It's not like no way Steve Nash deserves to be MVP and the media is just giving it to him. That's absurd. So, he said nobody in the top 10. Your research shows what? That, that Jokic finished top six last year in average, fifth in points, and the year before he was top three in points. So it's not even, it's not even factually correct about Nicole Jokic. And I don't understand like, why all of a sudden everybody's going after him. Even Richard Jefferson, I know Richard, I like him. He's saying that well, he, doesn't, he, he never gets any hockey assists. I never really heard that as a criticism of a basketball player. I know one thing, when LeBron was going after the scoring title, no one was talking about LeBron this season padding his stats, but you know LeBron was thinking, I need to get this thing over with because who knows how long I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold up for. Damian Lillard is a brilliant player. All 71 of those points, none of them were, were padding his stats. 
yet we're going after Nikola Jokic just because he's probably going to win a third straight MVP. And it's also, you know, Nikola Jokic is one of these guys. Ask his coach, Michael Malone. Ask his teammates what kind of guy he is. They, they, they all love the right. guy. Nikola Jokic isn't out there bragging about himself or acting like a jerk. It's just bizarre that all of a sudden everybody's going after this poor guy. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm saying, I don't need you to say it, I'm saying, I'm saying it's straight racism and I can't stand it, but that's the way the world works. There's a great article in The Ringer uh, about uh, my people. I am half Serbian, half Polish. My grandfather came over, Serbia, the late Serbia, it's no longer. Anyway, whatever, late Yugoslavia, uh, Serbia, one of the great countries. Anyway, let me get to this. There's a great article. Let me ask you this, uh, let me ask you this. Why. So what? Yeah. Yeah. Why'd you put the Why'd you put the H at the end of your name? You should have taken it off because you all got you know the itch, the seven year itch, Jokic, Don I know. Itch. You know, you, you should get get um, rid of the H. That's in, it. It's it's interesting. See, I like the itch. I like the H because it was easier to call me Jock Itch and <laughs> and, and and you know you know what I mean like so I you know. I, I like Louis. Louis the, the, the first, here's something for you. The first Serbian born, uh, Serbian player to be drafted in the NBA is Louis Stefanovic, my friend. We grew up together. He went to Illinois State and he ended up uh, drafted. Louis' son Sasha's over there playing, but they go I C and they still say itch. When I would broadcast games and Sasha was playing, I kept saying ick, and his dad's like, hey, dumbass, we grew up together. It's itch, even though it's IC. That was a long-winded and, and, response. And you know but it's and, – and you, and you know, like, these guys that, you know, come from that part of the world, especially with the civil war that was going on between Croatia and Serbia, you know, a lot, a lot of these guys have, like, lived through some horrific stuff. So I always laugh. Whenever like people try to imply that you know they may not be that tough, I mean, give me a break. First of all, oh, I know who geez. is tough. Jokic, Jokic and his brothers. And I even said I I asked Michael Malone. I was at the All Star Weekend in Salt Lake. I said, "Admit it, Mike, you're afraid of the Jokic brothers." Because I think the NBA's had to have a little talk with them because there were a couple of things that happened. Remember last year when Jokic and uh, Markeith Morris and the Morris brothers aren't to be messed around with either. When they kind of got into it, and the Jokic brothers wanted to get involved and. Uh, you know, those are, uh, he's, he's got his own uh, security team, Nikola Jokic. He's got his two uh, beefy brothers to take care of. Frank, I say this with all respect to my family, but my family on the Serbian side is insane. I'm just telling the greatest, <laughs> nicest people in America. But my, you know, guns, when you, when you get engaged, you come in a truck, you shoot guns, my, my second cousin, Sammy, was a professional wrestler. Uh, he wanted to take out an entire student section that was chanting bad things to me in the MAC tournament. He goes, I'll kill, you know, I, and he would. So we get Schlievovitz in us, and it's insanity. I'm just telling you, Frank. <laughs> My people, <laughs> they're nuts. Hey, what? Um, what do you make of this whole John Morant thing? It's, I think the NBA waited way too long. Uh, to finally yes. get involved, you know, I was reading that you know the CBA. There, are, there is language in there about about bringing a firearm to any type of NBA event or facility, like to a practice facility or to an arena, and then that would also include a team plane. So, he's, if he's in Denver, and I guess this would be part of the investigation, you know, if that was a gun that appeared to be on the Instagram live, how did he get the gun? Did he bring it on the team plane? Because obviously, they flew from Memphis to Denver. You know, did he get it when he was in Denver? We, we have no idea. So that's all the kind of things that could lead 
to some kind of suspension. I think from his standpoint, from John Morant, so Wednesday the Washington Post comes out with a story detailing the stuff that happened over the summer, you know, where he allegedly punched a teenager and then he brandished a gun. This was at his house. Then there was a situation at the mall. Then we know about the situation with the Indiana Pacers where the security guy for the Pacers is convinced that a gun was being pointed at them on the loading dock in Memphis. So these things are out there. So this comes out on a Wednesday. Two nights later, well, technically, I guess it's five in the morning, Saturday morning, John Morant is basically rubbing it in the league's face. Like, he doesn't even have the self-awareness to say, you know what, this is now becoming a big thing. The Washington Post is writing about the stuff that I was involved in. I'm, I should probably tone it down. He did the complete opposite. He's at a strip club at 530 in the morning with his shirt off waving a gun. So it's, I mean, the, the, the league had to step in. I have no idea what I would think he's going to be suspended. I have no idea how long it's going to be. I, at this point, I would not be shocked if it's for the rest of the season. I mean, if the league investigates this the right way, I'm sure they're going to find uh, some stuff that has to, it's going to be really upsetting because this is a young, talented player, but he needs to grow up. He needs to get his act together. You know, um, to your point, you know, I, I, I don't, I did not speak to the security guard, but I'm here in Indianapolis and the people I talk to associated with the players are like, yeah, it's a joke. Of course they did. I mean, we know. You know, security guards, as you well know, are usually ex-cops or FBI or whatever. That's right. They know guns. That's right. right? Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'm, I I know everybody, and, and I don't know where you are in this, so I'll just ask you. I know everybody's all in on Adam Silver. I, I get it. But I do think his leniency on players, particularly in this case, hurt not only uh, the league but the player, Moran. And I also think this. John Morant's dad, I, I, look, I got kids. I, I told a story. I got divorced, and I'm 50 years old, and I kind of acting like an idiot. And my dad, even though I was 50, sat me down and said, Dan, look, here's who you really are. I know you're divorced. I know it's like Dan gone wild for a little bit, right? But the father, I, I saw this, and I've been talking about this for months, acting the way he's been acting, trying to be part of the scene isn't really who he was either. This is an odd deal between the commissioner and the father. Yeah, and well, that's why I said this last Wednesday when the Washington Post story came out. I said, I think it's time for the commissioner to have John Morant. Uh, I would bring the GM. I would bring the GM, the owner of the Memphis Grizzlies up. And then if John wants to bring his dad, that's great. If he wants to bring a lawyer up, that's fine too. And they all need to sit down in a room and the commissioner needs to kind of, you know, you know, let read them the riot act, so to speak. You know, that thing that the thing you talked about against the Pacers, that was on January 25th. That's on the loading dock where, you know, the NBA says it did investigation. It wasn't guns, but they did say there was a laser trained on the, the Pacers security. I mean, um, traveling team. And to your point, the security guard is convinced that it was a gun. You know, years ago, I remember covering a Nick game where uh, Marcus Camby and Danny Ferry, Danny Ferry was playing for the San Antonio Spurs. It was a Martin Luther King game. The Knicks, he was used to get involved in the craziest stuff on that, those afternoons. They got into a fight, and it spilled over near the locker room, and then there was some stuff near the loading dock. And at the time, I was like, my God, this is like nuts. Like, by the loading dock, the game's already over. Like, the NBA's got to look into this. There were no weapons involved. I mean, we've reached a point now where – again, allegedly, you know, the, the Pacers security guard thinks that a gun was being pointed at them at the loading dock. How was it? I don't understand, A, how it wasn't a bigger story. And that alone should have been something which should have gotten John Moran in some kind of trouble. I know this. 
they banned at least one of his buddies from, from coming back to the arena. So what are they banning him for? If it, if it wasn't that serious, what, what, is, what is this one guy getting banned for? But I, I agree with you all the way around. It's an absolute mess right now with, with John Moran. He's, you know, I'm not going to hold his dad accountable from a, a legal standpoint, but it's got to be somewhat embarrassing for no. him that his son is involved in all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I read it was Moran's brother that has been banned. I think Moran put that out. Uh, on a tweet. I could be wrong about that. You know, again, it, it's a sad deal. I remember when Seth Greenberg went, learned about him, went and did a game from more, uh, I think it was, was it Murray or Moorhead, one of the two, whatever school, I think Murray State. And he Murray State. told me, called me, he goes, man, yeah, he goes, I've just seen the best player in the draft and the nicest kid you'll ever meet. And, yeah. and I'm like, really? Yeah. He goes, his name is John. And now you see all this, and I'm like, dude, don't get caught into something that's not who you are. That's kind of the consensus on this, right, Frank? He, he's, he's being yeah. someone he isn't? Well, it, it, exactly. You know, I, I got to give Shannon Sharp credit. I thought he had a funny line. And Shannon Sharp on the periphery is almost involved in some of the stuff because he got into it with uh, Dylan Brooks at that game a few weeks ago out in L.A. He actually drew a pretty good analogy where he said, you know, if you look at fictional gangsters and even a guy like John Gotti, you look at Tony Soprano, they went out of their way to try to make themselves look like legitimate businessmen and not gangsters. Right. It's the opposite right. is true of Ja. Ja's in a legitimate business, and he's going out of his way to make himself look like a gangster for, for whatever reason that is. And then, you know, this is a guy that went to private school. You know, He grew up with both of his parents. Whatever the situation is, it's something that the league – needs to address. I know a lot of people coming out, oh, I hope Ja gets the help that he needs. Well, that's all well and good, but the NBA has to protect itself right here and has to protect its other players. You can't have a guy, if he brought that gun on the plane, that's, uh, you know, that's going to be very difficult for Ja Morant to avoid some type of lengthy suspension. I'm sure that's something that the league is certainly investigating right now. You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, you got to protect the league. You know, this whole, I don't know how much you followed the, the deal in Alabama, uh, with the Brandon Miller kid, who, who Kevin Pritchard told me about a month ago, we, 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 this is the best American college basketball player. And there was an argument, and it was about, I think Jay Billis said, well, you got to protect the player's rights and not the university. And I'm like, that's crap. I got to defend my university. I got to defend my league. I got to defend the institution before I worry about some players' rights yeah. that is causing trouble. You see what I'm saying, Frank? Yeah, and if he if he's a walk on, he's probably going to get thrown off. The, he's going to get probably if not, I won't say thrown off or even suspended. Just maybe take a pause here. Right. The, the kid is going to be in the NBA. Let it become the NBA's problem in June. As of right now, I get it. This all comes down to winning, and that's really all they're going to care about at Alabama. But a young lady was killed. And, you know, this right. guy, he had the gun in his car that his buddy took. And now everybody's all innocent. Well, how is he supposed to know? He's, he's, driving, the, he's driving over to, to, see, to pick up his buddy at 2.30 in the morning. He thinks something good's going to happen. Then you have the text messages right. where he basically tells, tells him to bring my gun. I, I, don't, I, I don't get it. Like, think about the victim's family, how they must feel about all this stuff. And you're watching the guy go, go out, and now, like, somehow – he, you know, Brandon Miller, oh, he's being treated unfairly by fans and things of this nature. It's, he shouldn't be playing. I, I, it, it's not worth it. I, I don't understand. And I don't even really put it on the coach that much. This is the Alabama president and the athletic director should not allow this guy to play. 
I, that's, honest to God, legal counsel, president, chancellor, board of regents, this is beyond the coach, Frank. Uh, Really well said. You know, Frank, I got to tell you, you're one of the few people, all I've talked about here is the victim's family. Nobody wants to talk about the victim's family. Like a woman died, a child lost their mother because of what? I. It's all, right? it's awful. It's sickening. It's, it's, Man. it's sickening. Man, it's it's, it's incredible. It, and it reflects poorly on the There were at least two. Well, there were at least three players either directly or indirectly involved in that. How, how do you as you know, there was a few years ago was actually I looked it up. It was more than a few years. ago. I think it was like 2011. A player on the um, Virginia lacrosse team on the men's team and was accused of killing a girl on the women's lacrosse team. And it ended up, he ended, you know, we went to trial and he was found guilty. He's in prison now. But at the time that it happened, the Virginia men's lacrosse team kept playing. They actually made it to the semifinals of the, uh, of the NCAA tournament that year. I thought it was like to stay. So I thought they should have just shut down the program for the year and said, you know what? Our season's over. Like that, I, I found something. It just, I get it. I don't want to punish every player on the team, but you know how it works at these schools. You know the women's lacrosse program, the men's lacrosse program are pretty closely connected. There have been reports that that this guy had abused yes. this girl before. I, I, I just thought it reflected it. At some point, it has to be. You have to take a stand and say, you know what? It's more than about winning, trying to win a national championship. We need to do the right thing. I thought Virginia should have shut down its season. I'm not saying Alabama should have done it, but Brandon Miller should not be playing. I'm sorry. I, I agree. I mean, I remember that deal in Virginia, and I think it came on the heels of maybe the Duke lacrosse case. So everybody was afraid to, you know, I don't know. Let yeah, it go that's to a trial. good point. Frank, I know, I, right? That's, a, I, that's what I remember that. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And I, I did feel that way. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I was saying, I felt, and I, I just, I just thought it was a really, really bad look that the team, that the team continued playing. I thought, especially a school like Virginia, where, you know, it is a, a pretty good academic school and you would think that they would have their priorities in order. I didn't, I didn't think it was right that the team, again, I'm not looking to penalize all the guys on the team, but you know, when a, when a member of your team, you know, is accused of killing somebody and you know, the two programs are closely connected. I thought it was something they should have put an end to the season. I agree. I, I well said, and I'm glad you're one of the few, I swear to God, Frank, you're one of the few that has empathy for the victim. That's it's, 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 it's stunning to me. But, hey, it is what it is. Frank, I know you got a conference call. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Dan. I'll talk to you. That was fun. Hey, that was really fun, Frank. That was really good. That was a blast with Frank Isola. Follow him at the Frank Isola, I-S-O-L-A. He is a tremendous follow. He's great on NBA radio. Hey, Dylan, let's get it from OutKick again. Let's tweet it. Uh, Frank was fantastic. That was a really, really fun conversation. This is not breaking news. Uh, this is just kind of news. Can we, can we call something kind of news? Like, it's not breaking. All right? It's not breaking. Apparently, according to old Scrappy Shefty, the Saints have emerged as a front runner to sign former Raiders QB Derek Carr. An agreement could be reached as early as today. Look, I got to tell you, I want to know what in the Sam Henry has happened to Jameis Winston. I, I loved Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I was willing to take 40 touchdowns, 28 interceptions as a coach quarterback because, look, uh, modern football, you got to score points and he'll score you some points. What in the heck? I know he got hurt, but, man, oh, man, 
Derek Carr, look, I get it. If you want to start a rookie over him or you want to start some kind of, but Derek Carr, I have respect for Derek Carr. Those of you that live in Indy, you know, I've said this forever. Derek Carr, not this past football season, a year ago, came in must win for both teams, Colts and the Raiders. Raiders are down. Derek Carr goes on a drive and I swear to God, I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm going, wow, this is incredible. This guy has the entire arena, or Lucas Oil Stadium, excuse me, in the palm of his hand. He's directing everything and gets a touchdown, and they beat the Colts. And he's doing it, he's doing it with, man, an interim quarterback, or excuse me, an interim coach, his best player, the Waller kid wasn't playing. It was amazing. By the way, our friend Armando Saguera he has the Derek Carr news as well. Let's take Armando's word over scrappy little Shefty. Little Shefty is going to be scrappy and angry. What's Shefty angry about? All these ESPN clowns are angry. Somebody explain that uh, to me. Anyway, so that's good news. You know, good for Derek Carr, bad for Jameis Winston. I would like Jameis Winston. I don't know if he's got to be the starting quarterback in Indy, but if you are going to draft Anthony Richardson and you feel like Jameis Winston has grown up, I'd like to see Jameis Winston in Indy. And I ain't even mad about it. I ain't mad about it even a little bit. Because Jameis Winston can sling the caca. And anybody that can sling the caca, I am all in on. I want the caca slung. I don't care if you're turning it over. I don't care. I don't care. It does not matter to me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't. Uh, I'm looking at Big Perk right now. The big racist is on TV. And I like what ESPN did here. See, people have been on the big racist backside. So ESPN, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen this. See, Big Perk every day on NBA Countdown. America's most racist show, if Big Perk is on. I think we could say that. Seriously. I mean, you got Richard Jefferson on it, who, as Frank Isola just said, said, well, Jokic doesn't make the assist that makes the assist. Huh? And Big Perk, the big racist, he don't like white people. Big Perk don't like white people. Well, Big Perk, I don't know what to tell you, sweetie. I, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Big perk. Richard, Jeff- Richard Jefferson and that Sunday night crew is the worst crew in sports. Now, Ryan Rucco got in there yesterday in place of Beth Mullins, and it was much better. Look, say whatever you'd like, but Beth Mullins isn't nearly on the same level. as so I like Beth. I've worked with Beth. She's a wonderful person, but doesn't have the pipes. No, doesn't have the pipes. Great on softball. Doesn't have the pipes. Man, if I went into criticizing women broadcasters the way that we criticize men broadcasters, oh, my God. Oh, Christine Brennan would have a conniption. But if we were, if we judged people by the content of their character and their work, not their skin color or gender, and did it honestly now that we're all even in the workplace, oh, my God. Oh, I would be ostracized from ever being able to walk down the street. Uh, This just in, CNN, I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. CNN's ex-boss, Jeff Zucker, told his staff 
according to the New York Post, which is maybe the only honest newspaper in America, not to probe the Wuhan China leak theory, the lab leak theory, because it was a Trump talking post. Talking post. I got to tell you, that's evil. The American people, many of them got prosecuted. Many of them got persecuted. Well, you're racist because you said the China virus. You're racist because you said it was from Wuhan. Of course it was. What's wrong with you? John Stewart has a great thing. What do you think? Two bats kissed somewhere and all of a sudden uh, hundreds of thousands of people are dead? Millions across the world? Honest to God. CNN's evil. Uh, look, I, I, I used to watch CNN. Is evil. As is Jeff Zucker. These people are evil. They did not want you to know something that people had the right to know. They watched people get persecuted for telling the truth. And all because they didn't want Donald Trump to have a talking point and be right about a talking point, this clown Jeff Zucker told staffers not to investigate the lab leak theory behind the origins of COVID-19 because he thought it was a Trump talking point. People are slowly waking up from the fog. It's unfreaking believable. It is incredible. And we just, we, we, you know what? I guarantee you there are clowns on here that on the YouTube chat that are defending this. Because people can't stop and think for themselves. Jeff Zucker is evil. Totally evil. People literally lost jobs called racist. And this idiot knew the truth and did not put anything out to disprove it. Evil. Doesn't it just make you mad? It just, it's got to make you mad. Like at some point... You got to say, hey, look, Jeff Zucker, you are a punk. You are a freaking evil human being. It's unbelievable. Are we allowed to say that? I don't care. And the beauty of this show and my guy Aaron and Gary and everybody else is we're allowed to say things that others won't. But that's evil. God, it blanks me off. And I don't understand. I'll never understand why it doesn't blank off more people. Republican, Democrat, conservative, uh, liberal. And again, I go back to this, and you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. I am going to say it is not good versus evil. Excuse me. It is not Republican versus Democrat. It is not conservative versus liberal. It is sanity versus insanity. Uh, JPG, private company, can make any editorial decision they want. Yes, and they're evil for making that decision. I get it, JPG. You are a flaming idiot liberal who can't think for yourself. But if you don't think that's evil to do that to people who got persecuted, I cannot help you. Dan, we as a people play God, but we end up being Satan. That's exactly right. Dan, I knew three years ago. Everybody knew three years ago. That's not the point. Everybody knew. The whole world knew. If the lab leak makes you mad, the stuff you don't know would make you infuriated. Iron Man, you could not be more right. I'll never forget Gerald Ford telling Bob Knight, if you think they get it wrong, 
in the sports section, you can't imagine how wrong they get it on the front page. Honest to God. Is it evil to lie to your viewers for money? Sure. Absolutely. It's evil. When not, actually not. Not if it's just for your money. It's evil to lie to your viewers if you are knowingly are hurting other people by not telling the truth. Yes, it is. Uh, answer my question. Okay. Yeah, I got to answer to you guys. All right. Uh, Dan, shout out for Sheriff Jimmy. Sheriff Jimmy Kick. Neither should Fox. Yeah, okay. All right. Answer my question. I love the YouTube chat. It's popping. If you're defending this and you're defending drag shows in front of kids, uh, I am your mortal enemy. Because I do not believe in evil. I do not believe in support. I do not support and believe in sexual exploitation of children. I do not believe that kids should be in a clinic anywhere discussing changing their gender. I believe they can make that decision later on in life. It doesn't have to be done when they're 10 years old. And the people that do it are pedophiles and evil in every single case. If you disagree with this, God bless you. If you want to write an article calling me names, God bless you. I had no problem. Hey, man, walking down the street, Lee and I, Minneapolis, Final Four. I don't know, about 10 o'clock at night, we're walking back from dinner. A very, very made-up, either cross-dresser or transgender person walked up to us. Red dress, heels, hair, the night. Hey, can I ask you a question? I looked at her, him, and said, absolutely not. Leave us alone. I do the same for uh, not for money, for drugs, on the same street. No. Can I ask you a question? No. No. Anybody that would come up to me that I don't know wanting to ask me a question, I'm saying no. That's exactly the voice, too. I looked at my wife. I said, yeah. I said, what do you think the question would have been? It would have been interesting. But I ain't doing it. I mind my own business. That's right. Dan, isn't it crazy we even have to defend this and have this debate? Honest to God. Honest to God, Mike McNutt. Dan, we are forced to cater, Sister Mary Gritty, to a very small minority of people. And that needs to stop. That needs to stop, and it needs to stop immediately. Catering to these people is wrong. Having them throw it in our face all the time is wrong. I got no problem with who you're sleeping with. I got no problem with who you're having sex with. You want to become a girl and you are a boy, great. Don't do it to kids because kids don't know. Kids still think boogers are cool. Kids kids still think there's a Santa Claus. Stop it. Stop it. And stop it now. I'm here for it. Thank God I went to OutKick. Thank God you all followed me here so we can have the greatest show ever with the best opinions. And if you're defending groomers, if you're defending kids uh, having drag shows in schools, you, sir, are a pedophile. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, I'm back. Let me ask you a question. Why are we putting up with burning our cities, these little white guys in their Antifa. Uh, Atlanta cop city anarchy sees at least 35 agitators detained as part of an international group, and they all look like the big, biggest little dipsticks. That I don't understand why we put up with our cities burning. I'll never under, I don't give a damn if it's BLM. I don't give a damn if it's Antifa. We got to protect our cities, man. I don't give a damn. Let them burn. Are you idiots? Get rid of these people, get, 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 protect our cities, we're paying you a lot of tax money, and let's go. All right, stock up, stock down, whoever is letting these idiots in Atlanta burn down Atlanta. There's a stock down for you. John Morant's dad, dad I have talked about this. John Morant's dad and the big racist, look at this guy, look at this clown. He went from, there are other pictures where he's just a nice father. Now he thinks he's something. He's got his shades on inside. He's got his hat going. He's part of the lifestyle and he's part of the problem. He's a big part of the problem and it's not unique to him. Hell, we all, once we get a little money and a little fame, got to decide how we're going to act. Look at politicians. These little white guys that nobody talked to in high school become politicians now Wait a second, I'm popular. And if you look at the list of crimes politicians commit, well, you know that email that gets sent around. But this guy all of a sudden decided he right here is a combination of Usher uh, and apparently LeBron James. Guy could never play, but he could be a good parent. He is a good parent, was a good parent. And now he is screwing up his son by not being part of the solution. He's part of the problem. Guy's a little shades, gets in little hassles. His other son apparently got banned uh, from Memphis's gym for who knows what. It's ridiculous. Grow the hell up, John Morant's dad. I'm not even saying your name because you want to have your name said. Grow the hell up. Well, how do you know he's a bad dad? I don't. I just know what I see. So defend it all you want, but I'm not. I'm not. John Morant's dad is acting like a child. Look, parents can act like children when they go out. Parents can act like children when they are away, when they are away from their family. But when it comes to family, you got to be the adult in the room. You just do. And all of a sudden, this clown, and yes, he is a clown, is sitting there got his little beard, got his little skull cap. That's not who he was when he was raising John Moran. Is this Women's History Month now, too? Jesus. I got ESPN little girls. It's Women's History Month. All right. Where's Bald White Guy Month? I need a, I need a month. Every month is Bald White Guy Month, they tell me. Every month. Jeez. It's now it's Women's Month. All right. All right. Women's History. All right. Is ESPN going to break in if it's a men's game and tell us about women's history? <laughs> Seriously. You guys, what a joke. <laughs> All right. Wooden Award. Stock down. Hey, if it's all right for the Alabama president, the Alabama lawyers, the Alabama board of regents, the Alabama coach, and the Alabama athletic director to all play 
this gun-toting clown. Uh, why, oh, why? Isn't it okay for him to be on the wooden top final 15 list? It's hypocritical. Of course it's hypocritical. I get what you're trying to do, Wooden. Actually, here's what would change that. You want to know what would change John Morant, or this guy, uh, Brandon Miller? You want to get him back on the wooden watch list? Somebody claim racism. That'll get it on in a hurry. I mean, that'll have Indianapolis scrambling. The wooden people. Just claim racism. Brandon Miller is not on the wooden watch final 15. You want to know how to get him back on? Claim racist. Hey, look, the guy's the best American basketball player in college. Or foreign basketball player. It doesn't matter. Zach Eady's from Canada. Uh, Zach Eady's really good, but Zach Eady isn't the best basketball player. He's going to be the player of the year. Um, it's hypocritical. If he's playing, he should be on the list. If he's not playing, then he shouldn't be on the list. But it's hypocritical as hell. And here is the way to get him on. Somebody claim racism. You know, oh man, it's racist. It's racist. That gets it done. That's what every idiot on big, that's what big uh, perk would do. Racist. (laughs) Some point. You just got to laugh. It's incredibly hypocritical. I'm sorry, it is. It's incredibly hypocritical. Joe Biden makes our list because Joe Biden is just an idiot. I've had enough. He fell downstairs again. He fell downstairs again. He's refusing to answer questions about anything of public interest, like the border, like fentanyl, like train derailments. You name it, Joe Biden ain't answering it. And Joe Biden's little press secretary calls him the greatest communicator we've ever had in the White House. But he won't answer any questions. Uh, really? All right. Okay. I thought he's a great communicator. I thought he is on par with Reagan. Ronald reagan S. communicator. Really? No, he walks away from reporters that want to ask him any questions whatsoever. His son is embroiled in controversy. He falls upstairs. He shuffles his feet. He insults white people. He acts like he's a civil rights leader. He lies constantly. He will be on stock down 10 years after he's dead. Even in death, this guy will be a pox upon the United States of America. Even in death. He will be the gift that keeps on giving. Period. Period. This is the worst president of our lifetime. Jimmy Carter was the worst, and hopefully Jimmy Carter, whatever's going on, thinking about him, you know, what am I supposed to say? Uh, Prayers up. Was it this? What, What is a dipstick? The love sign. Heart sign. But that's the worst president in the history of the United States of America, at least in my lifetime. I can't go back to Fillmore and Harrison and Adams and Lee. I can't go back there. I'm not smart. I'll let you guys do that. I'm talking about in my lifetime, there has never been a worse president and there will never be a worse president because this guy is only in it to make money. 
and ruin our country. All right, I have a completely different opinion, and I have a childish opinion about this next one. Stock down, listen, wait for it, Chris Rock. The easiest thing in the world to do, and Indiana basketball fans, I'm going to give you a... Um, I'm going to give you an analogy relative to Indiana basketball. The easiest thing to do is to get whooped and then talk about the person that whooped you later. It's the easiest thing to do. doesn't matter if it's in the street. doesn't matter if it's in the schoolyard. doesn't matter if it's on a basketball, football, baseball, hockey, whatever field. The easiest thing to do. So Chris Rock stocked down. He got batch slapped. He took shots at a man's wife. The man defended his wife. Boom. Gave him a shot. Right? Okay. Instead of defending himself there, he backed off. Now, in his special, boy, and I can't wait to watch it. I've watched these parts. Man, has he unloaded. Man, oh man, has he unloaded on Jada Pickett and Will Smith. And I mean, it's funny as hell. It's funny as hell. But see, I look at it. um, I look at Chris Rock as being a little punk. I do. Now he's going at. um, He could have gone at him right there. Now, I am wrong. I am a Neanderthal. I am uh, yelling at the clouds. But while everybody says it's great, and I did think it was really funny. I thought it was hilarious, to tell you the truth. And I love Chris Rock. I do. I absolutely love Chris Rock. But I thought he was a little punk, and I thought it was a punk move. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't understand what you guys all understand. Uh, I understand. What is it? P-I-C-K-E-T-T. I got a tweet out here. We got to get more viewers on Twitter. YouTube chat, you're unbelievable. But I look at it as a punk move. I do. I look at it as a punk move. Funny as hell. It's funny. But a punk move. That's the way I look at it. You're yelling at clouds. Yeah, okay. That's the way I look at it. I'm sorry. It's the way I look at it. You may not look at it that way. Stock up. Did you know that in 2020, Kennesaw State basketball won one game? I'm going to say that again. Kennesaw State basketball won one game. The Owls won one game. Three years ago, one game. Amir Abdul Rahim was a great player. He was a great player. I think, is that the guy? I don't know. Maybe that's not the guy. But three years ago, they lost. They won one game. This year? They're going to the NCAA tournament. Freaking awesome. No, it was awesome. They beat Liberty, and it was fun to watch. They beat them by one. Yeah. Uh, Maybe they're not going. I thought they were already going. Is headed to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's what I thought. Fun stuff. College basketball this weekend was incredible, and Kennesaw State, was absolutely remarkable in their pursuit. Three years. Now, I don't know who should get all these jobs. In the Bowling Green job, my my place, my peeps, the Bowling Green job has come open, 
and I got a bunch of guys asking me to help them, and that's cool. I'll help everybody. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I wouldn't mind seeing them get the Kennesaw State coach over there. That dude's won some games. That dude has figured it out. I'll tell you what else was unbelievable last night. Uh, Eastern Washington gets beat at the buzzer as the one seat by Northern Arizona. Let me explain this to you. Eastern Washington was undefeated in their league until their last two games. Kid for Northern Arizona, ball was fumbled, kicked it back to a kid. He drills a three. It was the first three he made all game. Cost me $1,000, true story. I had, let's see here, I put about $100 on a Wisconsin, New Orleans, Eastern Washington parlay. Wisconsin won, North New Orleans won. That kid threw it in. I was plus 945 when I bet it. Wisconsin was down. Uh, Eastern Washington was down. That kid misses. My toes are tapping, and I'm going to Sizzler. That was one of the great games of the weekend. I mean, not kind of good. Great game. Lafayette. Lafayette, an American. Unbelievable game. Lafayette is like 10 and 20-something, and they won at home in overtime after being down six with a minute to go. In fact, going back to the Eastern Washington game, I turned it off. They were up six at the free throw line. And ladies and gentlemen, 40 seconds to go. They were up. I turned it off to try to go help Wisconsin win, turned it back and watched the end. College basketball is off the chain. Yo. All right. Drake basketball. Drake basketball, I'm watching hoops all weekend, and I got to tell you, I think Drake basketball would finish second in the Big Ten. I do. I do. I think they would finish second. They have three guys, 24 years old or older, starting, but it's not their best player. Their best player is a kid named DeFreeze, who is the player of the year and the coach's son. Drake basketball beat the number one team in the league in Bradley by 20-some, and it wasn't that close. My former assistant, Marty Richter, is an assistant coach at Drake Basketball. He was also an assistant at Dunk City. Dunk City, remember back a few years ago at Florida Gulf Coast, parlayed Andy Einfeld into the USC job. My man Marty did not want to go live out there. He and his beautiful wife, Bree, and their kids moved and got an assistant's job at Drake, where they have dominated. Marty Richter should be the new head coach at Bowling Green. He coached with me at Bowling Green. He's done a terrific job as an assistant. He knows the area. He knows the landscape of the Midwest. He can recruit Indiana. Drake basketball, when you are looking at your bracket, Drake is a team you must consider to go at least two deep. They can win two games, maybe three. It's a very good team. Indianapolis, stock up for apparently a great combine. Like, look, The combine, because, well, we've got to move it around, that's fine. But Indianapolis is the perfect spot. All the drunken little assistant NFL coaches, they take off their wedding ring. They don't have to drive a car. They can go to St. Elmo's. They used to hit on married women at Ike and Jonesy's. Ike and Jonesy's closed down. The pandemic got them. But St. Elmo's is the hot spot at the combine. It was an epic night one night. Urban Meyer, myself, the great Pete Thamel, Had an incredible night. Hugh Jackson and a bunch of people kept stopping by our table at the bar. And some incredibly, incredibly hot saleswoman who, you know, Urban Meyer basically had to say, look, leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Leave me alone. What what are you doing? Get out. 
sleep. I'm married man. Anyway, I digress. And then the lovely, the uber-talented Tegan Shaw of Harvard softball. Three-run bomb to lead Harvard to a win. Went bad at about 500 this week. And don't at me, people. Don't at me. Harvard softball. Catch the fever. They went down to South Carolina. They got a couple W's. Tegan Shaw hits a bomb to win game one. Let me see who it was against because I forget they blasted Sacred Heart in the second game. But a T-bomb by T-bone got them a win over the mocks of Chattanooga. Chattanooga had beaten them in the first game. So Tegan Shaw, you freaking stud. That's right. Congratulations. The Harvard flag is going to be flying starting today. Illinois State lost, so now we put up a Harvard flag, and then we put up a Cubs flag, and then we put up a Colts flag, and then we that's what we do in our house. There's your stock up and your stock down. But what about Fox News? Yeah, I don't care about Fox News. I care about these guys lying to me. What about Fox News? Shut up. Just shut up. What, who's the woke dope, fellas? What do we got for woke doping today? It ain't Tegan Shaw, I'll tell you that much. She's smart. Fauci jealous is China getting all the credit for creating COVID. Man, hey, I'll tell you this. The Babylon Bee is awesome. I'll tell you this. Um, Clay Travis is all over. Fauci going to jail. He's saying there's a new report that came out that have emails showing that Fauci was writing up papers to lie about the origin of the China slash Wuhan virus. He actually, those report or that report, apparently, according to Trey, um, contradicts testimony that Dr. Fauci gave in front of Congress. Now, Lying to Congress is a jailable offense. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. It's awesome. I'm not saying he should go to jail. I am saying that he had a tough job, but I'm also saying, man, uh, to our point earlier today that some of you made on the YouTube chat, you guys know, you guys know that if you really knew the backstory. You'd be disgusted by Fauci. You'd be disgusted by every president that's involved in this. Trump, Biden, you name it, you'd be disgusted by it. And you'd be disgusted because I believe none of the folks involved in this have us, the American people, in their sights. They have cancel culture. Well, you said China virus, you're canceled. Oh, my God, you're racist. Oh, my God. I can't believe somebody find uh, Joanne Mellis write an article. Oh, my God. Or Christine Brennan. You're racist. No. No, 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 no. Colin Burroughs says Dr. Fauci should get 10 booster shots, a firing squad of booster shots. Yes. A firing squad of booster shots. All right. Uh, Jim Eagle says something that a lot of people say. Will Smith needs to find a nice 21-year-old and move on 
from that harpy he's married to. I don't know what a harpy is. Uh, look at how screwed up their kids are. He needs to get that stuff in order. I don't know their kids. Isn't there one kid kind of a successful rapper? Uh, no? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't Fauci's fault, Dan. Oh, nobody said it was Fauci's fault. He just said he spread it in for misinformation. Why are you defending it? I mean, I look, Rick, but you go and others, you lose credibility when you just simply defend a side. I've said all along, look, I'll defend Biden when gas prices go back to where they were. Inflation goes back to where it was. And of course, the stock market climbs. I, I don't care what, poli- uh, what party you are. I'll, I, don't matter to me. I didn't vote for Trump. Should have. Didn't. Certainly not voting for Biden or crazy ass Hillary. But the truth of the matter is I got no dog in the fight. It's a battle versus sanity versus insanity. And Rick Bugle or Buggle, whatever the hell your name is, you choose insanity and good for you. It's a very popular place to be. Very, very popular. I have taken a COVID test. I tested positive for COVID last week. Somebody's asking, raise your hand if you haven't taken a COVID test. I did. One thing I am not going to do because I saw it take the life of two of my friends. I believe COVID is real. And I'm glad I got one boot. I got one COVID shot. Whether it worked or not, it made me feel better. I've had COVID twice. So I've watched uh, my, my, my friend, actually, Kevin Schmidt, childhood friend, die a terrible death in an iron lung. I watched my other friend, Ryan Grigson, almost die. Uh, and the doctor said, since you got your shot, it's probably going to save you. Nobody knows that. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize to Ryan. He did not need that out. But I, I'm making a point, and I overstepped my bounds. Anyway, hey, Dan, is Frank Isola still on uh, ESPN? Yes. Yes. Dan, you have a dog in the fight if you're an American. I agree. I don't have a dog in the fight. What I meant, Tom, was I don't have a dog in the fight as a Republican or as a Democrat. I have a dog in the fight as an American, and that's why I'm here at OutKick. As I said, uh, I knew at ESPN, I've told this story many times, I knew when they took me off and Scott Johnson off of a game for a couple African-American kids that really hadn't done games, and, and one that hadn't done any ACC games as a director, I knew where the lay of the land was, and I knew that ESPN, did you know this? Did you know ESPN is no longer broadcasting any Big Ten games? It's kind of fascinating. It really is. It, uh, it's kind of fascinating. Dan, the hospital killed your friend, not COVID. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That may be, I, I don't know. Whatever you say, Connie. I just know what, uh, unfortunately, Kevin's mother, Phila May, uh, is grieving over, and it, you know, it was COVID. I mean, I, I'm not into those conspiracy theories. I do believe, however, and I do know that hospitals have inflated the numbers. Of course, we all know that, and that's not a conspiracy theory. That's just a fact if you've done any research. Anyway, Dan, can we get Ryan Grigson on the show? Uh, Dan, you clearly have a dog in the fight. Uh, I have a dog in the fight as an American. I don't as a Republican or as a Democrat. I voted independent last times I voted. But I get what you're saying, Rick, because I don't agree with you that I must have a dog in the fight and can't be a clear-thinking human being. But I get it. That's fine. Uh, All right. Dan, can we get Ryan Grigson on the show? Yes. Uh, He was on uh, the morning show at um, uh, 107.5. I will get him on the show. The season is over. I will get Grigson on the show. Uh, We have had a great time, and I thank you all so much for being here every day. The YouTube chat is completely out of its mind. It is. 
Dan, you can make your own designer baby now if desired. How? Come on, Iron Man, how? How am I doing that? How am I making my own desire baby? God, I love doing this show every morning. My problem is I got to figure out what to do the rest of the day. Uh, Two o'clock on Wednesday, uh, it's going to be me and Ken Sterling. We're starting up a show. Wednesdays is going to be two guys drinking a milkshake, talking about indie sports. Should be fun. We'll get more into that. Should Dan talk more UFC? Well, apparently this is not a UFC crowd. But I got a great, great, great UFC voice. Not me voice. Uh, a, a young lady. Uh, not a young. Uh, a young reporter. Because if you say lady, that's misogynist to Christine Brennan and Nancy Armour and every little crazy-ass female journalist. Well, not journalist, because there are no journalists. I'm just rambling here, but I love it. Ryan and Dylan, thanks, man. I love the new graphics. Aaron, uh, Gary, thanks. The graphics are freaking awesome. I don't think this shirt goes with the graphics, but it's not terrible. Uh, By the way, yes, I have Just Add Water. That's my boy. If you're looking for a boat, Just Add Water. It's my guy. He sent me a shirt. People ask me, do you wear shirts to promote something? I go, no. I wear shirts that fit me comfortably. Like, I get double X, and then I go like this, and if they don't spread out, I don't wear them. This shirt I would wear every minute of every day because it fits me comfortably. I'm going to get a tan at 65. I'm too white. Dockage out. 